if you're a parent on the Booster Club, looking at some of your local restaurants and local businesses, reaching out to them, many of them are willing to help, but they don't know how to help, so they need to be asked. Welcome to the Sports Nutrition Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Goodson. As a veteran sports dietitian, I know what it takes to fuel athletes to train, perform, and recover optimally. And that's what we do on this show. Provide the play-by-play on all things sports nutrition for athletes, parents, coaches, and athletic trainers. Today on the show, we are talking about working with booster clubs. It is that time of the year, school is starting, sports are starting, and athletes are about to be real hungry and real thirsty. And the beauty of a booster club is that booster clubs and parent groups can be a great resource to help fuel athletes and the team in general. So if you are a coach or an athletic trainer, I'm going to be giving you some strategies that you can use to reach out to your booster club so that they can help you. If you are a parent and you are on a booster club or in a parent group that is looking for what they can do for their teams, I've got the solution for you today. So pull out your pen and paper because you are going to get some great strategies that you can use. Really planning in advance, I think, is key when we talk about working with booster clubs because we need to be looking at the upcoming year, like what is the travel, what's the team schedule, what events are going to be going on so that a booster club can really start to map out what funds they have, what events, travel, games, et cetera, they can support, and really start budgeting that out over the course of the year. I know that at the high school space and at the middle school space especially, there typically is not a lot of opportunity for funding for sports nutrition. I think it's becoming more popular and schools and school districts are looking to provide nutrition. But for a lot of teams, for a lot of schools, it is left up to the parent and to the booster club and what they can provide. So I want to start by talking about a few opportunities for booster clubs to provide both food and hydration for a team. There are lots of things that you can do. So as you are going into the season, you can provide ready-to-drink shakes, bars, fruit, et cetera, for camps and two-a-days. A lot of times when we have athletes outside a lot, they might bring their water or their sports drink, but they could really benefit from getting chocolate milk after practice or getting some fruit at the break. And that could be a great opportunity for booster clubs to take turns. Maybe parents are taking turns bringing that, they're sending it with their kids, or maybe you have a rotation schedule going on where you can be providing the team with both food and fluid to fuel those summer camps. Now, when we start thinking about going into games and locker rooms and competitions and all the different things, so one of the great places that booster clubs can start are with pregame meals. So we ideally want those athletes eating about two to four hours before a game. And so whether that is the booster club 
catering in a meal by a restaurant. Could also be kind of potlucking it per se. Typically, it's probably going to be more catered, but it could be potlucking it. You know, you can provide those pregame meals and fluid for your team. So typically, I say two to four hours. If it's a pregame meal, you're probably looking at around the three-hour mark. Some good options would be providing things like spaghetti with meat sauce, green beans, rolls, salad, and fruit. You could also do a meal that's like grilled chicken with baked potatoes, green beans, salad, fruit, sports drinks, water, etc. The goal of that pregame meal is to get in a good amount of carbohydrate, some protein, easy to digest veggies, and plenty of fluid. So catering in some meals like that could be a great option. If you need something more on the go, a sub sandwich style meal can be a great pregame option. So doing either turkey or ham or chicken and cheese with veggies on like a thick sub bread could be a solution. Yes, we can give them some baked or sun chips or something like that, or some pretzels or some type of salty snack. Salt is going to be an athlete's friend before a game. So providing them with a salty snack. And then typically, I'm always recommending us provide fruit because it's going to provide carbohydrate, electrolytes, as well as fluid. And then we want to make sure that we have water and sports drink available. So those are some different pre-game style meals that you can do, whether it's at home with the team or on the road. That sandwich meal might be a good option for on the road, especially if you're having to fuel athletes on the go in a hurry. Can't tell you how many times I've had to give athletes a pre-game meal as they got on a bus. And so that's the reality of sports. And so that those to-go sandwich style meals can be a really great solution if you don't have the ability to do a hot meal or a sit-down meal or something like that. So from a pregame standpoint, pregame meals awesome way for our booster clubs to help provide nutrition and hydration. You can also provide snacks both for pre, pre-game and also halftime. So looking for easy solutions to fuel a locker room are going to be things like pretzels, any type of like animal cracker, goldfish, granola bar, maybe protein bars cut in little pieces, energy bites made with oats and peanut butter and honey. You know, I like the little peanut butter filled pretzel bites because they've got salt on the outside. So we're getting carbs, a little bit of protein as well as some salt. Fruit is a great solution for the locker room right before a game or a competition Or during halftime, I will say make the fruit easy to eat. You don't want things that athletes have to grab with their hands. So typically a banana would be a good option. An apple would be a good option. If you're going to serve oranges, which are awesome for hydration and flavor, quarter the oranges. I used to joke, y'all. I worked at... I worked with the Dallas Cowboys for four and a half years and we'd be at training camp and they would just put out oranges. And I told the nice food service team, don't ever put out oranges unless you're going to quarter them because no NFL player ever peeled an orange. (laughs) And we would just sit there and there would be oranges everywhere. The second they'd cut them in quarters, they could easily eat them because they can rip off the flesh of the orange with their teeth. So if you're going to provide oranges, cut those bad boys in quarters. But fruit can be a great pre right before the game starts and then also locker room snack, water, sports drinks, 
in a post-workout scenario, if you want to put sports like protein bars or ready-to-drink shakes in the locker room, that could be a good solution as well to help those athletes recover. A few things that I will tell you about locker room food is we really don't want it to be hot or cold. So no hot, no cold. Now beverage is fine. You can put those in an ice chest or whatnot. But locker rooms are not the places for things like yogurt and string cheese. If you want to get some protein, I'd say put it in a bar, in a protein bar, or beef jerky can be a great protein salty snack as well. So we really want non-perishable foods in the locker room. So when you think of your locker room must-haves, think carbohydrate, think salt, think shelf-stable, think fluid, think fast. (laughs) Five things. So carbohydrate, salt, shelf-stable, meaning it doesn't have to be hot or cold, fluid, and fast. Half times are not very long. Breaks and hockey tournaments are not very long. And so we want to make sure that we can get food and fluid quickly to athletes. But booster clubs really are a great option to help fuel that pregame time frame with the meal and the snack, locker room snacks, and then a post-workout, post-game meal or snack as well. And then, you know, if you start looking outside of the normal competition days, you can also look at the ability to provide meals for awards banquets, for tournaments, other events, for travel, things like that. And so those can be all opportunities where booster clubs can step up and really help fuel and hydrate the team. I find that most parents are all in on helping, but they need to know how to help. And so some of the solutions that I just mentioned can be really good options for fueling pregame, during the game, and then as post-workout, post-game recovery type snacks. Now, when we talk to coaches, athletic trainers, strength coaches, you know, there are definitely some things to consider when we talk about working with a booster club. So thinking in advance is always going to be key trying to give them plenty of advance notice is going to be key. It's August right now, if you're listening to this live. And so we are rolling into the fall season. So if you're a spring sport, I would say start planning right now. If you're a fall sport, get on it as soon as possible. But some things to consider when you're working with your booster club. You know, does your team have a budget specifically for pregame meals or snacks? Might you have some form of budget that then the booster club could then supplement with, or maybe your team can pay for pregame meals, but the booster club could pay for the halftime snacks and postgame snacks, or maybe you pay for home meals, the booster club could pay for travel meals. You also want to think about when does that booster club's fiscal year start and how much time do they need for budget approval? So if they're starting with the school year, they might need to know a few months in advance. If they start by semester, they might need to know a few months in advance to that semester starting so that they're able to budget. Sometimes sometimes this depends on if the booster club is for a specific sport or if it's just a generalized booster club. If it's a specific sport, they might be following the sport schedule. But reaching out to the parents, reaching out to the president of the booster club to understand their fiscal year and then what their budget approval process is, is going to be really important so that you can best get them what they need to help fuel your team. 
Another thing to consider about when working with booster clubs is looking at are there local restaurants or businesses that might consider partnering with a booster club to help fund meals and snacks, maybe in exchange for marketing. So if you live in an area where there might be individual restaurants, so individually owned or ones that aren't necessarily chain or franchise that like to be involved in the community. That could be a great opportunity for them to provide a pregame meal or to provide snacks in exchange for marketing. So talking to your marketing department at your school, talking to your booster club can be helpful because that can be an awesome opportunity. Maybe that restaurant or that business wants their name in the Friday night high school directory at the football game that I'm pretty sure are still going out on the regular. And that could be a great opportunity. They might in exchange provide a pregame meal two times out of the year. So this can be some really good opportunities. If you're a parent on the Booster Club, looking at some of your local restaurants and local businesses, reaching out to them, many of them are willing to help, but they don't know how to help, so they need to be asked. So use local restaurants and local businesses as a resource to help partner with the Booster Club to fuel the team. Another thing that you can look at is what beverage company and or foods company food company is the your district associated with. So, what food service are they getting their food from? Do they what's the, what are their pouring rights at the school and at the facility? So, what beverages are they pouring in the concession stand is going to dictate oftentimes what products can easily be brought in. So, if you start looking at who are the food service companies and who are the beverage companies, you might be able to reach out to that district contact or to that school content to contact and see if there's an opportunity to maybe get food, snacks, beverages at reduced rates or possibly to order them at wholesale. Typically when school districts have large contracts with different beverage companies and food companies and or food service companies, they're more willing to give discounts because that school district is already purchasing a variety of food or beverage items from the company. So doing a little bit of research that might be talking to the child nutrition director, might be talking to the athletic director, might be going into the head athletic director for the district if you have multiple schools in your district and looking at who are the companies that are providing food and fluid to the district and then reaching out to them to see, could we look at getting a reduced price, reduced cost for snacks, meals, beverages, et cetera. Great way to save on money as well as support the beverage and food service companies that your school district is already working with. Again, could be another opportunity for marketing as well if they want to get their name out there in regards to providing pregame meals, post-workout shakes, things of that nature. Another thing that you can consider both from a coaching standpoint and then for all the parents listening, is introducing a seasonal athlete sport fee. So I've seen this happen in multiple different districts and multiple sports where each athlete that 
plays the sport, pays a fee. So play a sport, pay a fee. And they pay a fee up front, and that fee helps fund meals and snacks throughout the year. Of course, this is going to look very different for different school districts that might have different economic statuses throughout. Maybe you're looking at a smaller fee sometimes or a larger fee. That can be very dependent. But if it's an opportunity, it could be a way to help fund some of the meals and snacks. So parents pay up front, or maybe they pay at the beginning of the season and then something at the beginning of the off season. And then you're able to budget accordingly to provide meals and snacks for the athletes. Sometimes it's hard if you don't have a big budget or you don't know what all you're going to have coming in to know what you can provide. So if you have that sport fee and you know that you're going to have a set amount of money, then you can start to divvy that out between games, competitions, tournaments, travel, and all those different scenarios to see how you can best help fund meals and snacks and beverages for the team. And then, you know, if you are a coach, providing the booster club with a list of meals, snacks, and hydration will be helpful. And so they know what to purchase. If you check out my website, the sportsnutritionplaybook.com, I have lots of resources. I post resources in my social media account, amyg.rd, really trying to help parents, coaches, athletic trainers, strength coaches, fuel their teams and give them some easy solutions. I also have my flip book, the Sports Nutrition Playbook, can be purchased at amygoodsonrd.com and the sportsnutritionplaybook.com. But it's a quick solution. It's got all the top 10 lists of what to provide at halftime, what to provide pregame, what to provide on the road, what are we doing for breakfast on a volleyball tournament weekend. The goal is really making nutrition easy, affordable, and convenient so that we can help fuel and hydrate our athletes. So lots of meal and snack ideas available that I have. Just reach out and look through some of my different solutions for helping fuel teams. And that can really help provide booster clubs with some of the information that they need. Now, booster club parents and booster club people, I would encourage you to reach out and look at some of the best options, some of the ones that I'm talking about today, and to really kind of open your brain to sports nutrition, because we really want to look at food as a source of fuel. So when you're providing nutrition via pregame meal, pre-workout meal, halftime snacks, post-workout snacks. The goal is really that we are providing athletes with the best nutrition for the budget available. This is always an interesting thing because sometimes what nutrition and sports nutrition look like is not the same because oftentimes we have to provide things that are more convenient, might be packaged, all the different things that sometimes people deem as not as healthy. But I'm going to argue that in the sports space, we want to provide the best nutrition possible for the budget that's available. And so I like to encourage parents and booster clubs to think of it as the 80-20 rule. 80% of that meal or snack, we need to make it as high quality as possible. 20% of the time, it's okay if you're including a fun food or a food that your athlete enjoys. Like for example, I have provided thousands of pregame meals in my life. I have written more menus than you can imagine. We never put dessert on a pregame menu. Like I want to fuel them with complex carbohydrates, protein, electrolytes, fluid. 
but we almost always have dessert on a post-game menu. So if I'm providing a sandwich box meal for a team that's getting on the bus, you better believe we have a cookie in there. It's eat, I used to joke, it's eating for morale. So we do want to make sure that we're providing 80% of those meals, high fiber carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, lean protein, fruits, vegetables, dairy, all the water and fluids and sports drinks that we need, but we do have to live a little. And so allowing your athletes and your teams to have some input and what they want to see can be helpful. I find and have found in the past that if you let an athlete or a team tell you what kind of snacks they want or what kind of meals they want, they're likely going to be more inclined to eat them. So definitely focusing on providing foods that are nutritious, but that also are palatable for athletes. In a pregame scenario, we always want to make sure that we're providing familiar familiar foods and foods that aren't kind of crazy because if an athlete's not familiar with them, they're likely not going to eat them. So focusing on that 80-20 rule, again, making sure that we're providing nutrient-rich for the budget that we have, but then knowing that there are times and spaces for some of those fun foods. I used to always describe it, wherever the Dallas Cowboys and in college sports or TCU, as if you pick something that maybe isn't as high in nutritional quality to surround it with healthy friends. So if I'm giving you a cookie, but I'm giving you a turkey and cheese sandwich with lettuce and tomato on a whole grain bun, and I've got pretzels and fruit and water, that cookie looks just fine to me. So our goal is that we're surrounding things with healthy friends, but we want to make sure that we're giving athletes food and fluids that they will actually eat and not necessarily ones that they're just gonna turn their nose up to. Also considering some food safety guidelines, I talked about how in a locker room we never want to provide hot or cold. If you are planning a pregame meal, or a post-game meal, we need to make sure that hot foods stay hot and cold foods stay cold. So if a restaurant is going to be delivering something, trying to make sure you have the time set so that the hot food can stay hot or the cold food can stay cold. If you're having sandwich meals delivered, you have the ability to put them in a fridge. Typically, we have what's called the four-hour rule. Ideally, you don't want a food to sit out any longer than four hours. You think that wouldn't happen, but if you think about something, leaving a restaurant, coming in a car to a facility, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've scheduled a meal to be delivered on a, you know, a, like travel game to a baseball field or to a soccer field and that baseball tournament game gone into multiple innings or soccer gone into overtime or whatever it is. And now I've got sandwiches just sitting on a field for hours. So trying our best to keep hot foods hot, cold foods cold. Typically, if you are serving pregame meals, we also want to make sure that you're providing individual utensils for athletes to eat from. Think there's lots of dirty hands out there. So if we can have individual serving sizes, that can be helpful. If not, maybe having multiple utensils available. Obviously, if there's no soap and water available, having the different sanitizer wipes or gel available for athletes to wash their hands because no sporting environment typically results in clean hands and they'll just come in and eat. 
I will never forget one time I was <laughs> serving, um, we were serving lunch at the Cowboys and one of the guys walks in and he literally has grass in his eyebrows. And I'm like, if you have grass in your eyebrows, what, how clean are your hands right now? And so we want to encourage uh, as much as we can for athletes to wash their hands with soap and water before they eat. But if not, bringing the hand sanitizer wipes or the hand sanitizer gel can be really helpful, especially if they're eating on the go. Providing that in the locker room can be really helpful as well. So just thinking through some of those general food safety guidelines, if you are one of the ones in charge of planning a meal, obviously it can be hot or cold, pre and post game, pre and post workout, just making sure that you are being cognizant of the time that it's left out. But when it comes to a locker room, no hot or cold. Shelf stable is going to be the way to go. Fruit will be okay if it's left out for a little bit, but trying to be out as shelf stable as possible is going to be key. So as you are a parent working with your booster club, or if you're a coach, an athletic trainer, or a strength coach working with your booster club, think through some of these considerations that I've talked about today so that you are giving a booster club as much notice and prep time as possible. Think outside of the box in regards to working with local businesses, local restaurants, the food and beverage companies that are working with your school district, because there might be opportunities there to fuel a team, to hydrate a team that no one's ever even looked at. And they might be more than willing to jump in and exchange services for marketing or to give you a reduced cost or to give you a wholesale price. So really thinking outside of the box there. Getting the team involved where you can is going to be really, really important so that they're, you're getting them foods that they like. Now, granted, you're never going to make everyone happy, but trying to the best of our ability to help give athletes the food that they enjoy or that are most palatable that, to them during games and post games and post competitions and races is going to be ideal. So thinking through all the different opportunities, again, pre-game, during game half times, post game, travel, tournaments. There's lots of opportunities where teams, coaches, and booster clubs can partner together to really help fuel and hydrate the athlete. So hopefully this has been really insightful for you. Again, you can check out my flip book, the Sports Nutrition Playbook, and some of the handouts and resources that I have at thesportsnutritionplaybook.com. My goal is to make fueling athletes easy, affordable, and convenient. And so I'm, I try to give you all the lists to make that happen. So as you're working with your teams, as you're working with your booster clubs, see how you can partner together to best fuel and hydrate your team, ultimately to lead them to victory. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. If you have questions or would like me to cover a specific topic, leave us a review. And for more information and resources, check out the sportsnutritionplaybook.com and be sure to tune in every other week for new episodes.